0: No one.
1: Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we'll be joined by Jackie Franchuli from GatorsTerritory.com. Her and I will have an in depth discussion on Florida's offense and some of the playmakers that have emerged on that side of the ball. Jackie will also give me her pick for the most valuable player on Florida's team this season and make an early prediction for the Florida Georgia game next weekend. And we will also hear some comments from Florida quarterback Kyle Trask, who met with the media on Wednesday. Before we get to my interview with Jackie, I want to remind you that my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. visit my a slash g today using the promo code locked on to activate the offer here was my conversation with jackie this week jackie how are you doing
2: i'm doing great zach thanks for having me today yeah,
1: absolutely we're uh, both enjoying a bye week i think this sports football team could definitely use a break you were in columbia last weekend let's let's start with that game What did you think about Florida being able to bounce back from that LSU loss and have a second half comeback against South Carolina?
2: I think it was great for Florida to bounce back like that, honestly. What this team two years ago would not have bounced back like yeah. that, and they wouldn't have bounced back at South Carolina in the rain. Um, you know what? South Carolina is a team that caused problems in, for the Gators in the last couple of years. Yeah. So it was a trap game, and you know what? They came back. Kyle Trask did a great job of shaking off that you know shaky start in the rain. Um, you know, look at Georgia and Kentucky. Both quarterbacks didn't play very well in that yeah. game, but Kyle Trask was able to come and make a great fourth quarter comeback, and that's something that he's been doing since he taking the starting role. Yeah. Um, I really like the fact that he doesn't really show a lot of emotions during the game until you know that, that big critical moment, and then he kind of surprises his teammates for being a, a little bit uh, emotional. Um, and I, I like how he's so poised and calm. I think that his teammates really come really use that to their advantage yeah. in coming back. So that was a great win by Florida. Um, I think uh, people are buying into the Gators a little bit more after that one. Th- it's kind of funny, the loss against LSU, and the gritty win against South Carolina has gained them more fans than that win against Auburn a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, it, it, and I, I thought that last week. Like, usually when Florida loses a game, the fans are upset. And mm-hmm. after the LSU matchup, like, I think most fans were proud of the way the team played mm-hmm. and that they showed that they could go toe-to-toe with a top-five team. And that carried over into into the Columbia performance because now – You're right. I mean, people are looking at Florida as a legit contender. And you saw uh, on the college football selection show, Kirk Herbstreet, David Mm Pollock, Joey Galloway, Jesse Palmer, Mm -hmm. all called Florida the best one-loss team. You've been around Gainesville and, and been around this team. What do you think about the fans that have complained for years and years, that the Gators don't get any love from the national media because it seems now like that narrative is changing.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. Although I still have fans complaining that they don't get that much respect, and I, I think it's you know until they reach that Alabama, Clemson respect, I think there's always people that are not going to be happy about it. But it has turned, and I think a lot of it you have to give Dan Mullen credit. Yeah, so I think um, he's done a great job as far as being the face of the program. Um, you know there was uh, previous head coaches don't know how to play the game as far as you know the media and yeah. I think Dan Mullen has done a great job you know having HBO here was great sure. um, seeing the personality seeing that family atmosphere I know I've already talked to recruits and some recruits and some parents absolutely love that show yeah. um, you know it was great to even see Kyle Pitts with that um, dinosaur helmet that was probably still my favorite part and probably one of my favorite there's jokes. a gif thing yeah. yeah yeah his favorite gif out there um but yeah this team has done a great job of putting themselves back on the national map Mm -hmm. um and credit to mullen for his play calling against lsu i think that's where a lot of people kind of said wow this coach can really call the game of his life against Tiger because I was actually talking to Cassidy Hill and Will Salmon after that game and it must be tough for Mullen calling one of the best games I think I've seen from him and coming off with a loss Um, you can even argue that you know those two red zone plays that Florida was in couldn't score Yeah, the Michael Piran trickery play you know didn't work out but if it did He would have been a genius. genius, Yeah, exactly. So um, I think his play calling ability and just seeing what Kyle Trask has been able to do under center has really helped this team and program kind of move forward. Because now you're saying, so this is what happens if you go to Florida. This is the talent that gets developed.
1: Yeah, we just met with Kyle Trask. He spoke with reporters. And he's certainly feeling good right now. It's just every week that comes comes along, he seems to set like a new mark uh, Mm -hmm. for Florida quarterbacks. And you mentioned his personality. What do you like just about his makeup and the way that he leads his team? Because it is different than Felipe Franks, mm-hmm. who was really outgoing. And I think that he motivated guys in a different way. They fed off his high energy. Okay. Tras is kind of cool, calm, and collected.
2: Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the ice in my veins approach that <laughs> Kyle Tras has. Um, I, think it, I think he's able to adapt with what the situation that the team is facing. Yeah. And I think sometimes Felipe Franks let his emotions kind of Get in the way a little bit. I don't get me wrong. I liked Frank's emotional. I thought playing with a chip on his shoulder was probably the best Frank's we saw. Yeah, we saw that no last doubt. year in South Carolina when he shushed the crowd. Trask shushed the <laughs> crowd this time. So um, I really like that Trask is able to adapt to the situation. Yeah. When they were down, he is what they needed—a cool, calm, collected quarterback. When you know they're they're trying to scramble on that fourth and third, when he was trying to look for Kyle Pitts, he was calm and collected because he needed to be calm yeah. and collected. But you also saw him on the sidelines getting riled up for his team. Yeah, gator, um, you know, chomping. gator chomping. you know, <laughs> shushing the crowd of South Carolina, getting to people's faces. You know, um, against LSU, I was on the field, and there was one play where it looked like Jacob Copeland ran the wrong route. And Trask went straight to him and tried to explain what he needed to do. Wow, and you saw the personality, and you saw that assertiveness that you didn't think Trask had in him.
1: Yeah, right away.
2: Right away. So, so I really like the fact that Trask has the ability to kind of turn it up, but not just like Josh Hammond said the first time he saw a a he was shocked when he saw Trask. He was like, okay, Trask, okay, I can see you, Trask. So I really like that. Even the players were a little surprised when Trask was a little more excitable. I think he called it the excited Trask.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're speaking with Jackie Franchulli from Gators Territory. Uh, Staying with the offensive side of the ball, the run game has really picked up the last few weeks. Uh, The last three games, Michael Pirine's had 45 carries. He had 45 carries in the first five games of the year, and you look at the production from the first five to the last three, it's like night and day. We all had questions about the offensive line coming into the season. John Hevesy has talked about his group every week. Do you see improvement from them? And, and what do you think about how that running game has maybe come along the last few weeks?
2: The O line had its best game against South Carolina yeah. by far. And I think a lot of it is due to the fact that they went with Richard Garage right off from the start. I really like that they, you know, they, they were easing him in. I understand why they wanted to ease him in. Um, but he did make a difference. I think because he is now on that lineup, Brett Heggie can move to right guard, his more comfortable position. Yep. And now you're seeing him actually make plays and be more consistent because Heggie was playing out of position. Yeah. And because he was playing out of position, then he was being consistent in his play. So because now Heggie is there, you got to see him in that Damian Pierce 77-yard yeah. touchdown. Making the block. He was making the block. He took a double team, I think, if I remember correctly. So I think that's the reason why the O-line is really moving forward. It's because yeah. now they have the, the perfect – not, I don't want to say perfect because they're obviously going to need to improve, but the lineup right now is where it should should have been maybe two weeks ago. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who the next man up after that is because Richard Garage was the next that man up. That sixth man, uh, that yeah. Sixth man. So is Chris Bleich your next man or is there someone else? Because I remember Hevesy said that he was comfortable with six or seven. So who is that seventh guy? Yeah. Is it Ethan White um, who's on the two deep? So yes. maybe he's the guy – um, and my question is also, who would be Nick Buchanan's backup? Because honestly, I think he's the most important piece on no that doubt. line. he's Your center. He's your center. He's the, he's the most veteran the man it, in yeah, the group. That too. Um, he's the one that deals with the communication on the line. So is it Tanner Rowell, or do you move Brett Hagey
1: Yeah.
2: to center? And then who what goes does that do to your guards? Door? Exactly. Yeah. So um, but yeah, I really um, think the O-line Made a you know turned a corner against South Carolina, which has allowed the running backs to kind of move and take a corner. And also, but Michael Piran is a guy possessed right now. I think he's angry still at Edgar Thompson from the Orlando Sentinel. Shout out to Edgar. <laughs> um, he's angry at a lot of people, and um, I, I think he's using that fire to really you know really make a difference. And to you know to be fair to Piran, he's such a versatile back yeah. that I kind of felt bad that he was getting so much criticism when he was doing everything that you know the coaches asked and he was a versatile guy that they would go for the passes as well so he was getting some unnecessary criticism a little bit there
1: and it was clear that he was struggling because they were having issues with run blocking. Exactly. Like it wasn't him. They
2: still have issues with run blocking. Yeah. I think Kyle Pitts, I love Kyle Pitts, huge fan, but he had some issues with run blocking against South Carolina last week. Yeah. I think he had one or two blocks from like, oh, if he would have hold it, there would have been another big run. So, um, But you know what? Pirine's doing well. Everyone is improving. And yeah. that's what you want hitting into bye week. That's what you want when you've got Georgia and Missouri yeah. coming up too.
1: Now, we've basically talked about guys that have emerged a season on offense. Kyle mm-hmm. Trask, Richard Garage. Let's talk about the guy who had the big game against the Gamecocks, Jacob Copeland. Every
0: Florida <laughs> fan
1: in the country, in the world, yeah. has been waiting to see what number 15 is going to do when he got more opportunities. Mm-hmm. And he did Saturday. Dan Mullen said the last couple of weeks he's really stepped up his play in practice. But I think everybody saw, including me and you, why he was a top 50 overall recruit coming out of high school. Oh, yeah.
2: I, you know, I think. the I think the most popular question I get on Twitter during game day is where's Jacob Copeland? (laughs) Um, So it was great. I didn't have to answer that question. There There he is. Um, And I've been waiting for that too. Honestly, as soon as Kadarius Tony was injured, I thought, great, this is Jacob Copeland time. This is, you know, the time because I wouldn't compare with them because they're two different wide receivers, but I think they have both that electric style yeah, that, that can ability. change the game. And he did change the game against South Carolina. That ball that Trask uh, threw with him between two defenders, Copeland made that play happen. Yeah, um, He's such an athletic wide receiver, and hes I think he's the better pass catcher between him and Tony. I know he's had a few drops, and people are going to rail <laughs> me on that, but I still think he is the best pass catcher between him and Tony. Well,
1: and he's much more polished as a receiver, receiver. at this point in his career. And
2: he will follow the game a game plan. He will follow where his blocks are. Um, <laughs> Not go I, I rogue Tony. like Tony. I love Tony, but sometimes he runs 40 yards to get five. Um, so, yeah, I do like that That, that Copeland is athletic. He's quick, um, and he knows what the play is, and he does know what the play is better now. Sure. Um, like a couple weeks ago. You know he wasn't. He was looking at Kimura Gamble to check that he's lining up properly. Now he isn't, and I think that's just comes of experience. I think people forget he was injured last year. No doubt. So although he's a redshirt freshman, I would consider him more as a freshman. So he is learning game by game, and you can see that every game he's getting a little bit better.
1: Yeah, and then another guy that I think everybody has been talking about. it did take this past game for everyone to see what he can do. Is Kyle Pitts? Florida finally has a tight end that's a focal point of the offense again, and. Jackie, you and I both covered him as a recruit. I think we all knew the potential that he had, but I'm even surprised at just how much of a weapon he's become in this offense.
2: Yeah, I think um, his high school coach, I just talked to him uh, this past week, and he said he was a freak in high school. He was athletic. He said he knew as soon as he stepped on his field at Archbishop Wood that he was going to be something special. Yeah. And um, now his uh, high school coach, is, uh, coach at Ursinus College is actually Dan Mullins on the water and he was saying that he loves watching the development that kyle pitts has made in the last couple um years here the last two years um the only thing he said suggested to pitts to improve on is to wear closed shoes when he's on the scooter and not any flip-flops but yeah pitts is such a great weapon for florida and kyle trask and him have such a great chemistry Um, i actually asked trask about that fourth and third conversion and he likes having a guy that's so athletic on the field because his first read to go Josh Hammond, he couldn't throw, so he had to scramble. And it was great to have a guy that is six foot six and a mismatch nightmare for his opponents. Yeah. Um Pitts can out muscle anybody. And LSU had problems against Pitts. Yeah. They didn't they- have he didn't have any answers to him. And a lot of teams don't have answers for Pitts. Um he is probably the best tight end um since the guy that can't be named here at Florida. So um, it's it's great to see, as a sophomore, where he is, which sure. means he hasn't reached his ceiling yet.
1: Yeah, not even close. Not even close. Got weight to add, too.
2: Exact wait to add. And then if he can just get a little bit better with his blocking and be that complete tight end that Larry Scott kind of preaches day in and day out, Pitts is going to be very, very good. And he's going to be making some money on Sundays.
1: Yeah, and you heard Kirby Smart today mm-hmm. on the SEC teleconference. He said that Florida's receivers, with Pitts included, might be the best group in the country. Um, And I I think maybe fans and even media members knew that there was the potential for that. But just as a whole, with Kyle Trask, at quarterback, they've proven that, or at least have an argument to be in there.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't think coming into this year that I would be talking about Florida's offense as extensively as I've been talking to
1: about. It's kind of weird.
2: It is. You know, I'm usually talking about how the defense is keeping Florida in it. Um, And to be fair, in the beginning of the season, the defense was. No doubt. But now I'm talking about okay. Well, if the Ellis, if this goes into a shootout, Florida's okay. But we just need one or two stops. That my mind is still trying to compute that. My mind is still yeah. confused that I'm writing preview stories that you know the defense not counting. And to be fair, they're not playing John Greenard and Jabari Zuniga, so that's why my mind is also waiting for you know the other shoot to drop there. But you know, it's um, it's it's nice to cover a team with a good offense. Zach, it's yes. exciting. We
1: we struggled the last two ten years. <laughs> yes. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games, or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you the Mealy Pop Shop located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL Weekly Pick'em is free and fun, with weekly prizes and a season-long prize so check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. We're speaking with Jackie Frenchuli from Gators Territory. Jackie, before we let you go, as we move into the last month of this season, uh, we've talked about some players that, that have stepped up, who are, in in your eyes, the the guys that they're really counting on and the ones that they need to moving forward if they want to have the season that they're looking for.
2: So um, we actually just did the top 10 most important players on Gators territory. And my number one guy is actually John Grenard.
1: Yep. Uh, You can tell. You can
2: tell. Without him, the defense is struggling. Um, I know a lot of people want to say, oh, no, it's Kyle Trask. He's the quarterback. I'm like, sure. And I agree there's going to be that Kyle Trask is doing a great job, but the man can do only so much. And we saw that against LSU. He yep. can keep you guys in it. He can you know, make the tie score. He can keep going after LSU. But let's say if Florida you know, wins out and LSU beats Alabama, LSU and Florida will meet in an SEC championship game, which means John Grenard needs yeah. to be on that lineup because no Kyle Trask can only do so much. Um, So I think he's probably the most important player on the team Mm -hmm. for this team to have success. From a leadership standpoint, too. Because he is that alpha dog that Dan Mullen has been preaching that he wants.
1: Come in one year, too, and and establish that.
2: Yeah, as a grand transfer, I don't think I've seen that happen. But guys, you know, are just in love of Grenard and his personality. Um, what Trey Dean said that he can join DBU after having all those past breakups and, and picks, you know, and I, I think that's why he works. It, a lot of people respect him, yeah. and they see him as a veteran leader and a guy to learn from. So I think he's probably the most important. Obviously, Kyle Trask is another one I, I mentioned early. Nick Buchanan is my other important, most important. He's player. a high
1: energy guy too. Like he I is. think that offensive unit feeds off of the way that he carries himself.
2: Exactly, and I'm scared about who's next.
1: Yeah. So
2: I think those three are my top three guys. I can mention, you know, Kyle Pitts, Josh Hammond, who's probably the most underrated wide receiver. And, my gosh, um, he's got the softest hands in the group, and he's done well in the Kadarius Tony because He's the one who was basically yeah, he's the one that's over. taking it over.
1: Him and Swain kind of split the roles.
2: Yeah. So him and C.J. Henderson when he's fully healthy, because I think a lot of people are railing him a little bit, but he, he's um, not healthy. He's not healthy. Um, he needs to tackle a little bit better, but you know what? I, I still think it's rare for anyone to get a completion on him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even the one that Brian Edwards had at the start of the game. I mean, yeah. that was a jump ball. Yeah, could have went either way. So I'm with you. I, the one thing I definitely don't agree with is the fans that have uh, suggested that he's like holding himself back for the NFL if Draft. If anyone knows, see if that. anyone
2: knows C.J. Henderson. You know that's complete. I mean, look
1: at that hit that he laid on Helinski, and look at his face and reaction afterward, yeah. and tell me that's a guy that's holding back.
2: You know what? He was jumping up and down on his ankle. Um, against before Kentucky, he wanted to go right there and then. But the, you know the staff was like, no, you're, you're, you're not even 40% ready. You, you can't go. So that is not a guy that is just waiting for his time for the draft. That's a guy that wants to win for his team, and you know he wants to win championships.
1: Yeah, final thing for you, we can't let you go without getting your thoughts on Florida Georgia. Mm-hmm. The matchup everyone's been waiting for. The Gators actually look like they're in a position to win this game with the way that they've been playing and how Georgia's been struggling. What do you think about it, early thoughts? And if Florida can get a win, what is that going to mean for their season and just the trajectory of this program?
2: So prior to the season, I picked Florida losing to Georgia. I had them losing against LSU and losing to Georgia. Well, now I pick Florida to beat Georgia.
1: You heard it here.
2: <laughs> um, I just think, you know, after watching the last few games, if this is a tight contest and watching coaching decisions on both sides. There you go. I, I think I'll give the edge to Dan Mullen. Um, obviously, John Grenard and Jabari Zunigo will be crucial for them. Yep. But I actually haven't bought into Georgia's offensive line as many people do. I was watching them against Kentucky, and I watched them against South Carolina. And they were okay. And I'm not saying they're, they're bad, but – I was hearing that this is the, one of the best offensive lines in the SEC, yeah. but I don't think they are. Um, and I also think that if you force Jake Frum to throw, I think he hasn't won one game in like six or seven tries where he throws more than 31 passes.
1: It's a great so, stat.
2: So I think, I think that's what Florida needs to do. Now, on the other side, Georgia is one of the best rushing, rushing offenses yeah, they are. that fl- I think they, allowed, they I think they've rushed for 237 yards on average. That's a lot. And I think Florida has struggled against the run the last yeah, few they've given weeks. Yeah,
1: they up 200-plus yards.
2: And a lot of it um, I was watching is it's just their linebackers are so inconsistent. Ventral Miller, I love that kid, but he wants to be so aggressive. So when he goes and tries to you know go up the field and go tackle an offensive lineman, guess what? His gap is out of place. It's out of place, which is the reason why – um, I believe LSU was able to run quite a bit. And yeah. um, David Reese and is even, – And
1: even the, the one of uh, – South
2: Carolina. Yeah, yeah, he was right there. And David Reese is actually really good in the run. He's not really good at man coverage, but he's really good at the run. He needs to improve in pass protection, but generally I think he's really good in the run. Um, and Kyrie Campbell just needs to hold down to his double team a little bit longer. But I think their rushing defense is improving, and with John Grenard and Jabari Zuniga coming back, setting the edge, they're going to improve drastically. Yeah, night and day. Night and day. And so what I will say, if Suniga and, and Grunior, um, Jabari Grunard, I'm just saying, it's Jabari. <laughs> we're, we're saying like, them both the together yeah. so
1: much now. They've just <laughs> become Suniga one name. and
2: Grunard, if they're back, I think Florida can, can beat Georgia. And honestly, I can even say if one of those goes back.
1: Yeah, I think especially Grenard. Especially Grenard. Like you heard what Marco said after the LSU game. Like we were missing him out there. Yeah. He's
2: he's he lines everybody
1: up. He's our lightning bolt. Yeah. So.
2: I think so. Yep. Florida over Georgia right now.
1: Well, Jackie, really appreciate the time and perspective. Uh, great stuff. Let everybody know where they can follow you and read your work.
2: Yeah, sure. You can read my work at Gators Territory. That's on the Rivals Network. And you can follow me at Jackie Fran underscore. Jackie is spelled differently. J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. I make it all difficult, Zach.
1: Well, make sure you guys check her out. She has so much content, videos. She does it all. So uh, glad to hear from you, Jackie. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me, Zach.
1: Appreciate Jackie for joining me on today's show. And here was what Florida quarterback Kyle Trask had to say when he met with the media on Wednesday. I asked him how he's been handling and reacting to the success that he's had the last couple weeks and also got his thoughts on Florida's improved run game and the Florida Georgia rivalry. Here's what the Gators signal caller had to say on Wednesday.
0: You know, sometimes you don't start as fast as you'd like to but I think the main thing is just sticking with the game plan, you know, not one point throughout the whole game did we ever lose faith in our game plan and our preparation. And we just stuck to it and, you know, I finally blossomed there towards the end. Kyle, you set the school record
1: for pass completions. You had a 300 yard game. Last game, of the first quarter quarterback to throw four touchdowns in a road game since Tebow. What does it feel like? I know you don't focus on it, but what does it feel like right. to keep hitting marks like this?
0: Um, you know, I think it's, I mean, obviously it wouldn't happen without the team. And, you know, obviously I'm not focused on statistics. You know, I'm just trying to win games. But I think that just goes to show how much, how hard this team's been working, has been gelling, and just, you know, been able to produce those numbers as a team.
1: Who lets you know about
0: those marks? Like, is it parents Um, or friends? No, it's just like, I just see it on like Twitter or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Following
2: on Cassidy's question earlier about Kyle Pitts, how great is it to have a guy like that that's a mismatch nightmare as an option for you when you are scrambling like that?
0: Uh, Yeah, he's obviously a very dangerous weapon and. You know, me and him, we, we did a great job of being on the same page. And it's for him to find that open zone and just body him up and move his sticks. What do you think about the way the run game has improved
1: the last few weeks and just how much that helps you as the quarterback?
0: Uh, I think it's huge for the whole offense, you know, just to have a good run game just gives the whole offense confidence, you know, being able to have something you can fall back on if, you know, let's say like the passing game's not working, but I think it all comes back to communication and being able to execute and making sure we're fitting to the right guys. What does the Florida Georgia rivalry mean to you and what would a win in this game mean for this program? Uh, I think we've been, you know, this has been a big game for us, you know, throughout the whole season, you know. And obviously we, you want to look week to week, but we know Georgia, we're going to have to play them eventually and we're really looking forward to it and hopefully, we can get a big win.
1: That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we were joined by Jackie Franchuli from GatorsTerritory.com. We got her thoughts on Florida's offense, some of the playmakers that have emerged, her pick for most valuable player and a prediction for Florida, Georgia. And we also got Kyle Trask thoughts on this rivalry, Florida's run game and the success that he's had so far this season. On Friday's show, we'll have a special episode for you. I'm taking part in the Gator panel this week. It'll be a discussion with David Waters from Gators Breakdown, Uncle Silk and Dan Thompson from the Stadium and Gale podcast, as well as Will Salmon and Nick Del Torre. So I look forward to bringing you guys that roundtable discussion with them tomorrow. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.